The most important topic, the most in, the central theme of the Bible, of the New Testament, of the gospel, which is salvation. Salvation. You want to say it with me? Salvation. Jesus' name means God's salvation. Everything about our faith, we don't preach a religion, we don't preach church, we don't even preach just good morals. We preach Jesus, don't we? We preach him and what he does. And when he comes in, he changes us from the inside out. If we're believers, we can think of times when he came in, when we said yes. And maybe some of us haven't found our feet yet, and you're here today. But listen, this is a message for anyone of any walk of faith right now. As you get older, as you mature in your faith, I should say, you realize that this faith that we have in Jesus, this connection that we have to him, isn't simply just for me, isn't just me and Jesus. It's Jesus for my family. We sang it today. Amen. It's Jesus for my friends. It's Jesus for my neighbors, for my nation, for the world. God so loved the world that whoever, say whoever, come on, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Other scriptures say God wants all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. All people. Elsewhere, it says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All who call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. We've got to call on his name. There's a lady who came to our Alpha course, the last two Alpha courses, and this week I said, it's time to call on the name of Jesus. And she sent me a text back saying, I've done it. She's called on the name of Jesus. Amen. There's nothing more important than getting right with God. But it's not us that finds him. It's him who finds us. Amen. He's the author of salvation. All of those scriptures I just read about he loved the world. He wants all men to come. It doesn't exclude anyone, does it? God wants us all. Jesus came for us all. But we, as the church, need a mental redirection so that we, it's not just something we believe or say or agree with. It's something that we live out. It's something that's true of who we are, that we get in the flow of God's heart, that we, that we see things the way he does, as we said today, so that we can be used by him. Amen? So that we can be in his best. And today, the... I would say the best place, one of the best places to see this really lived out in the scripture, which we're going to read now in Acts chapter 10, is when the Apostle Peter, you'll see a picture of this in a moment behind me. The Apostle Peter is now leading the early church. Jesus has ascended to heaven. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. Tens of thousands of people are coming to faith in Jesus. And Peter, who was the close friend of Jesus, is now essentially leading the early church along with some other leaders. And God is about to give him a mental and spiritual redirection to step into the next chapter of God's salvation story. And it's in Acts chapter 10, because he leads him to meet a man, if we just go back a second, called Cornelius. Cornelius is a Roman centurion, he's a Roman officer, and Peter, who would never associate with someone like that, is being led to Cornelius through a vision. And also, Cornelius is having his own vision of an angel speaking to him, saying, you must find a man called Peter. And so he brings them together. Cornelius sends soldiers to the house of Peter, supernaturally orchestrated events. And now Peter has come to the house of Cornelius, 
and they're all waiting there. All his family and friends are waiting to hear what this message is from God. So I'm going to read that story to you now. And uh, you need to get the whole story to get the whole context. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 10, verse 26. So now Peter's coming to the house, and it says, The following day, he, Peter, arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them, and I called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. That's a non-Jew. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? This is what Peter asked. Cornelius answered, Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa, that's the city, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, John the Baptist. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, say it with me, with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all, say all, all who were oppressed under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Remember this part. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Now, this is what happens once the gospel has been presented to this room of people, this these Romans. While Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message, the circumcised believers, that's the Jewish believers, who had come with Peter, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. They had a Pentecostal service that day. 
<laughs> then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Amen. Let's just pray. Lord, as your word is preached today, let your Holy Spirit fall again in the same way. You are here, we know. In Jesus' name, amen. The first point I want to make here, and I'm going to go through this really quickly, so you've got to, you've got to keep up. God is the author of salvation. He is the author of salvation. It's not man's idea. It's not man's plan. It is God's plan. Even today, some of you, God has brought you here today to hear the message of salvation. Maybe you're watching online, and today is the day of salvation for you. God has led you here. He's led people to you. He's at work behind the scenes. Even when you don't think he is, he is. It's important to remember that salvation is from the Lord. He is the Lord of all. He's not just Lord of the Jews. He's Lord of all the earth. And the gospel had to be shared. God had to renew the mind of Peter in order to get him to go. God also has to renew our minds to get us to go sometimes. Because we think, oh, well, you know, I'll just wait for someone else. I'll wait for an evangelist to do it. Listen, the words of Peter we read here was he commanded us to go. He didn't suggest it. God doesn't make suggestions. Do you know that? He doesn't say, maybe you should do this. He tells us in love what we should do. The gospel had to be preached and it needs to be heard and it needs to be responded to. As they're hearing the gospel of Jesus, their hearts are turning to Jesus, they're hearing about his death, his burial, his resurrection, his new life, that he is here. And the Holy Spirit bore witness to that. It wasn't simply a word. It wasn't simply a religion that they're preaching or an idea. God showed up and, and said, yes, amen. That's what he does. He confirms the preaching of the word with his presence, with signs and wonders. Amen. Why didn't God send the angel just to preach to the family? Because Angels have not been commanded or commissioned to preach the gospel we have. Remember, Peter was there with the other followers when Jesus was taken up to heaven. Remember, just before Pentecost, Jesus was on the Mount of Olives, and he was taken up in glory. But Jesus' final words were this, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he also said, wait in Jerusalem till you receive power from on high. They're now flowing in that power. They're now going with God. And Peter, like us, we will be led into situations that we didn't ask to be, but God has put us there. Amen? We've got to go with him. Go into all the world. We read that Cornelius was a man who feared God. He believed in the God of the Old Testament. He believed in Yahweh, the one true God. He was possibly reading the Hebrew Bible, maybe in Greek because it was available in Greek. And he's reading maybe the words of, uh, you know, the, the Torah, the, the law, how God parted the sea, how God uh, commanded uh, the law. He gave the law to the Jews. And he's reading all these verses about justice to the poor. It's a big emphasis of the Old Testament and the New, but especially the Old Testament. Justice to the poor, giving to the poor, about praying, about fasting. And he's doing all these things. And, you know, he's still not arrived at really knowing God. And God uses this man who's ready. You know, some people out there, they're just ready. They have just been set up. He was going to be the first of many non-Jewish believers 
to open the world. In fact, this is part of our story because we're not Jews. I don't know if anyone's Jewish here. Praise God if you are. But God brought the gospel to the non-Jewish world from this point on. And we're part of that. There's many people like Cornelius out there that God is ready, men of peace, women of peace, that God's going to use. And they're going to be the first of many. They're going to be the laborers to bring in many souls for Jesus. Cornelius included his family. He didn't just run off to a conference somewhere and find Peter. He brought Peter to his house and he got all his close friends and relatives. He probably had children everywhere running around in this house. Probably a nice big house if he was a Roman centurion. And they're all there. And they're, they're waiting. What, what, is, what is the message? And Peter says, well, you know about Jesus, don't you? You've heard about him. It's like, yes. Well, he explains. You see, many people out there have heard about Jesus, have been in the odd service here and there. But they don't understand the gospel. It's a good question to ask people. Do you understand the gospel? Like, do you understand why Jesus died to pay the penalty of your sin? They don't understand these things. All you've got to do is explain it to them. It's your job. It's my job. That he is not a dead savior, that he is alive. On the third day, he rose again, victorious over death. And through faith in his name, you receive forgiveness. And it saves you from the judgment to come. Because now you can face God on judgment day, wash clean of your sins. You can't do that to yourself. You can't make yourself clean. You can't save yourself. God made a way. We sang it earlier, how great the chasm, but he breached, he came across. You know, it says in the Bible that no one really seeks God. I know we see Cornelius here, but in general, people don't seek God. They don't seek him. God has to come find us. Amen? God came for us. He came for you. His natural desire was for his family to hear the gospel as well. If God is really moving in our hearts, he will want us to know and realize that it's Jesus for my family, Jesus for my friends as well. When I came to faith, God told me, start praying for people, everyone that you know. On one list, I had a list of all the boys and girls and women that I knew. And on the same, it was... It was, it was just a list of male and female. And God started visiting, literally people started having encounters with God as I prayed for them. It was powerful. Alex, my cousin Alex, was on the list, the top of the list. And he, he sent me a text. I was just walking home and I, I believe. He sent me this text at like 1 a.m. I was like, okay. And it's funny because I look on his face. I don't talk to him a whole lot. Hello, Alex, if you're there. I don't talk to him all up. Every time I look on his page, he's got scripture. I've got to go chase that up. I've talked to him a little bit about God and the gospel. But there's people out there, they're ready, aren't they? They're being brought in. And you're there. There's a great evangelist called Scott McNamara. And God gave him uh, an understanding because he was trying it. God called him as an evangelist. Like, Lord, how do I do this? And God gave him this, this picture of a tree. And he says, when you share, I shake. Right, So you know the apples on a, on a tree. Some are ready to come off, some aren't. But you don't know which are ready. you just got to share and I'll shake. And that's what God does. As you go, he goes with you. Amen. The Holy Spirit is, is at work with us as us. Don't, don't think, you know, I've just got to wait to some future point. God's ready now if you're ready. In fact, God will do more with you if you set yourself ready for, to go forward with him. But I'm not paid by the church. 
but I'm not a minister, but I'm not a reverend, but I haven't went to Bible college, but I, I, I don't know. Listen, there, you don't need any of those things. Really don't. You just need to love Jesus, read his word, receive the Holy Spirit. You're ready. You're absolutely ready. And he will show up. He started doing it to me. He started sending me out. I'd be like, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And he'd be like, go to the side of town. There's a man with a red coat there. Go talk to him. And things, things, like, that would, things like that would start to happen. But listen, even as you go about your, your day-to-day, God is bringing you into contact with people who he is preparing. Even one of my neighbors, he's basically a Christian now. I'm talking to him pretty much every day about Jesus for the last year and a half. And we pray together. And, you know, God will use you, right? Peter reminds them of what they already know, but he explains it to them. And he explains that everyone who believes receives. Everyone who believes receives. And then he preaches about Jesus, his character, who he is. Lots of people have their own idea of Jesus. You know that? You've got to preach the real Jesus. You've got to preach the undiluted gospel. How he went about healing all who were oppressed. How Jesus went about doing good. How he died and rose again. Lots of people believe in a Jesus of some sort. But you've got to present the real Jesus clearly. And as you do, he shows up. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. People need to know why they need a savior. And we've also got to be bold. We we can only be effective in the gospel if we really understand it and decide to let God's boldness and anointing flow through us. I'm a scaredy cat, just one minute. But God, in his mercy and his grace, gives me that courage to talk to people. Gives me that courage to speak to that guy who we bought the tables from this week and say, hey, you really need Jesus. You know, he loves you so much. Let me just pray for you back. No, it's all right. It's all right. I'm a Buddhist. It's all right, Jesus. Like, you need, he, pointed, he pointed at the Buddha statue. I said, I can't help you, but the Jesus can. <laughs> Buddha's not going to do much for you. I'll tell you what. Jesus, Buddha didn't die and rise for you. He didn't pour out his spirit. Jesus did all those things. And you know what? Sometimes we get discouraged, don't we? Because we've got family members we're praying for. We've got people who are like, I just wish they would come. Listen, they've got you. Thank God they've got you. Amen. Thank God that they've got access to the gospel. Many people in the world have little or no access to the gospel still. God's changing that through the internet. Even, even a month ago, I was... This isn't to moan. just want you to hear me say this. Okay. <laughs> I do a lot in this church because... There isn't a lot of, there isn't always a lot of help for vital tasks, such as uploading videos to YouTube and things like that. Okay, there have been people that help, but sometimes it ends up, I end up doing a lot of things in the week. And there was a time where I was like, Lord, I just, I can't be bothered to upload this video to YouTube. I've got other things to do, I've got people to call. And I put this video up, it was from our Colossians series um, last month. And I was like, is, any, is anyone even watching this? like 20 views on YouTube. I thought, is anyone even watching this? But this woman got in touch. She said, I've, I've just watched this video from this man called Sam. I don't know if she sounds like this, but that's how I read it when I read in the email. <laughs> on the email, she sounds like this. <laughs> Bless her if she's watching. She's, she says, I've been part of the Mormon church and I've been trying to find God and I've been reading the book of Colossians recently. So I thought maybe I'll just 
read the book of Colossians. Maybe I'll just look on YouTube and read the book of Colossians. And she found our video. And she said, what Sam was saying was what I'm reading, as in the gospel. <laughs> and I want to know more. I'm having these conversations all the time through the week. Yeah, praise God. It's not because of me. It's an online video present is essential now. People won't come. People won't hear. God's given us an easy means to reach thousands. We've just got to engage with it. Amen? So if you feel guilty about not helping with that area, you should. I'm only joking. We need to do more for the gospel. Amen? There's more opportunities. God is always opening more opportunities to the gospel. Things will happen quickly. I'll tell you a quick story that I'm going to wrap up in a moment. When I was with Christ for All Nations last month, we were in the town. There was a young guy who was 20 years old. His father's a pastor. He was on our team. He's, he was talking with a woman, sharing the gospel with her. And she said um, she was struggling to hear him because her ear was deaf. One of her ears was completely deaf. And he goes, can I pray for your ear? And she's like, okay. God healed her ear on the street in the market square. Praise God. And he's just a really humble guy, just really going after God and just preaching Jesus, just knowing him and loving him, presenting him. It's all we've got to do. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. As Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, so I send you. Amen? But we've got to receive it. We've got to bring the gospel to new lands, to new places. God will, will move quickly. You read the Gospel of Mark, how many times does it say, Kairos, Kairos, and suddenly, and suddenly, right? God, there will be Kairos and suddenly moments when we show up. Think about how quickly it happened here, preaching the Gospel, and the Holy Spirit is descending. And people are being not only filled, you know, saved, regenerated by the Holy Spirit, receiving the full baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Peter's like, I can't wait around for this. They've got to get baptized now in water. They're equal with us. There'll be people it happens quickly with. People you, you think, you know what, they're never going to listen. They're never going to respond. All of a sudden, they're in, they get saved. They're in your church. We're baptizing them. Hopefully next week we'll have some baptisms, amen? If you want to be baptized, it's just an essential part of being a Christian, of identifying with Jesus. And that's what it was about. Peter was basically saying they're welcome. Just as we've been washed by Jesus, they're washed as well. And we must make disciples of all nations, baptize them. Some of you in the next two years, I believe, will be baptizing people in your bathtubs, in the rivers, in the sea. Might not be enough room here. What could God do? 70 million people in this nation. He wants to move. He wants to save people. There's people in this room, you're listening, and you've still not said yes to Jesus. He's knocking at the door of your heart. There's a slide that we were using when we were on the streets. If we could show it, please, Sarah, of Jesus knocking on the door of your heart. He's knocking and saying, I want to come in. And I want to fill you. You're empty, but I want to fill you. Though your sins are like scarlet, though you've been stained by sin, he will wash it away. But you've got to believe in him, in his gospel, which I've shared with you today. You've got to repent. You've got to turn away from things that you know are wrong. You've got to turn to him fully and believe and he will come in, and he will make his home within you. It's his promise. So today, if you're at that point, 
I've shared the gospel with you today. Think about it. Respond to it. Maybe even right now, if you're saying, I'm ready, please come forward at the end of this message, and we're going to pray for you. But it's you that has to call on the name of Jesus. It's not baptism that saves you. It's not someone praying for you that saves you. It's Jesus that saves you. And all he wants isn't your works that save you. It isn't being good enough. It isn't feeling right enough. It's his grace that's available because when he died on the cross, he took it away. He took it away. And through faith in his name, you can receive that which is his. His grace, his love, his mercy. It comes to you through faith in him. And some of you need to make that decision. Some of you have been backslidden from God. You've already known God, but you've not made that decision for him yet. Or, or, or you've been walking away and you've not been walking closely with him. Now's the time to get right with God. Because there's no condemnation. He will forgive you. I've done it so many times. He'll forgive you. And he'll also give you the grace to be free and walk free of it. Because it says in his word that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's not just forgiveness and then I'll do it again. It's he will put a new heart in you, a new strength in you. It comes with the filling of the Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit helps you. His Holy Spirit refines you like fire. Amen. That's why he's like a fire, because he burns away the dirt. He burns away the sin when he comes. But it's only available through faith in Jesus. Some of you made a decision for Jesus, but you need to be baptized. We are wanting to baptize people as soon as next week. Please get in touch. But also, I just want us to stand now, if you're able to, just to receive a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit again. Amen. That you think, okay, God wants to use me. God has plans for me. Really me? Yes, you, says the Lord. I want to flow through you as you. But you must yield to my spirit. You must yield to my calling. So right now, let's just lift up our hands and just ask him. Let's just call upon his name and let the Holy Spirit fill this place once again, fill you afresh again. Holy Spirit, come, we ask, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you promised that you would baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Lord, come today. Fill us with the Holy Spirit and fire. We can't do it without you, Lord. We can't witness for you. We can't live for you right without you. So come right now, Jesus. Come on, just lift up our hands and just cry out to him. Lord, we need your presence. We need your spirit, Lord. We need you. Only you, Lord. Fill us again. I pray right now, Lord, I pray that people will be baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time. That blockages would come free from people's soul right now in the name of Jesus. That they would be free and they would receive all that you have for them. I just pray, come, Lord. Come like you did on Pentecost. Come like you did in the house of Cornelius. Come again, Lord, we pray. And visit us with your glory, with revival, Lord. Jesus, come on, let's just turn our hearts and just ask him sincerely. Use me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, oh God. We receive you, Lord. Let's just look in the face of Jesus now. 
Just see him standing there in your mind, in your heart. He said, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Ask him, ask the Father to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do not harden your heart to him. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. God still wants to use you. God still wants to use you despite the mess, <laughs> despite the things that have happened. He still wants to use you. But you just got to get yourself out the way. So come, Lord. Find willing hearts here, I pray. Let's pray in the Spirit. As it says here, they spoke in tongues and they, they prophesied. Let's right now, let the Holy Spirit show up in this place. Let's pray in the Spirit right now. Pray in your heavenly given language, it says in the Bible. Jesus, release tongues today to speak for those who are shut down in fear. I pray for a quickening and a boldness. Give your servants boldness to preach, we pray. Give your servants boldness to preach. We pray in the name of Jesus. Don't look at me today. Look at him. Because people around you need it. People around you need the anointing on you. Because you are going to come to them. And the, and the Lord's going to use you. But you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready. In season. Out of season to preach his word, and to share the hope of the gospel. Come, Lord. Come, Lord.